0: Welcome to Life Expressions. I'm Chari Hinedi Elon. Here we talk about life's journeys and growth. Please don't forget to hit that like and subscribe button. Today we will talk about building company culture. And I'm so honored to have this privilege to talk to the Business Person of the Year, from Burnaby Business Excellence Awards. My guest is no less than Natasha Purnell. Natasha is the Chief Culture Officer at Park Insurance where she orchestrates a symphony of employee engagement and satisfaction, consistently yielding remarkable scores that elevate their workplace environment. Her passion for building amazing Workplace led to the inception of the Culture Boot Camp Workshop, where she empowers people leaders to drive positive business outcomes through culture. In fact, Natasha was recently recognized as a dynamic leader and visionary within her community by being awarded as Business Person of the Year from the Burnaby Business Excellence Awards. Welcome to Life Expressions, Natasha, and congratulations on being Business Person of the Year.
1: Uh, Thanks so much. Thank you for your warm wishes. And thank you for having me on the show. I'm super excited to be here chatting with you. Yeah, it is my honor and privilege to chat with you, Natasha.
0: Tell me, did you expect that award? And can you share a bit about your background and your journey in being the business person of the year?
1: Yeah, so exciting. Uh, I did not know that I was going to win the award. So I did know that I was a finalist and so that there was an opportunity to possibly win. I was up against some pretty hefty competitors, though, who are amazing individuals and absolutely deserved every right to win that award as well. Uh, And so I was very pleasantly surprised, though, when, uh, you know, they pulled my name, it was um, sort of the whole Oscars thing, right? They do a video, montage and then they opened an envelope and um, I got a little bit emotional and overwhelmed uh, by the joy and happiness of it um, so I was uh, I was surprised and it was but it was a very exciting moment so yeah, I'm still on cloud nine from it.
0: Of course because it's a huge award it's a great recognition by the Burnaby mm-hmm. Board of Trade and the whole community but what inspired you to pursue a career? In business and in being a chief culture officer.
1: Yeah. I think where my passion for culture really stemmed from was many moons ago when I was young, I owned my own restaurant and it was a quick service franchise. And I had no idea what I was doing. And I <laughs> had no business owning a business. Uh, and you know, it was uh entry-level position job for many people, 17, 18, 19 years old, right? Uh, And I, you know, employees in that age gap quite often don't really care too much about their employment right uh and so i was running this restaurant and after some time was experiencing some challenges in terms of sales and revenue and i knew i needed to the staff to care about me i needed them to care about me and i needed them to care about my business and so i had heard a quote from sir richard branson that had said don't take care of the clients take care of the employees, and they will in turn take care of the clients. And it just sort of was an aha light bulb moment for me. And so I started having just organic conversations with the staff about, I need you to care about me, right? I need you to care about my business, but in turn, I'm going to care about you. And this is what I'm going to give you this is what I'm going to provide you this is how I'm going to mentor you this is how I'm going to coach you and develop you et cetera, et cetera. and in turn this is what I want from you in in return I want you to be here on time and have a clean uniform and and start to remember our our guest names and what their orders are and give exceptional customer service and work fast and so we sort of that's really where, and the culture back then, I mean, this was, you know, 15, 16 years ago, that wasn't a big buzzword like it is nowadays. Right. But what I started to see was some really positive business outcomes and some really great turnaround in those staff on a professional and personal level. And I had some people who worked for me for five, six, seven years, which is unheard of in a, you know, Uh, entry level position job. And so that's really where my love of culture stemmed from was really this sort of this recognition and this aha moment that, that, you know, when we're at work, we can have this mutually beneficial relationship that works for both of us, but we both have to be caring about each other and wanting to scratch each other's backs, right? Um, And so that's really where my whole love and pursuit of culture kind of came from.
0: Yes. When you say taking care of your employees and a win-win situation for the employees and the employer, how do you take care of them? What are the concrete steps that you do to make sure that they feel taken care of?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of it is, do they have the proper equipment that they need to succeed? Do they feel empowered? Do they feel like they're valued at work? Are they recognized? Uh, Do they have career plans and development? Is someone mentoring them and coaching them, right? Do they have opportunities to have fun at work? You know, do they have uh, a best friend at work, right? Um, So, you know, just all of these elements that sort of provide them a platform to show up to be the best versions of themselves and to perform and have high amounts of productivity, right? You know, quite often you see workplaces where they want people to perform at 110%, but they have outdated systems or they don't have the proper equipment, they haven't had the proper training, no one's mentoring them and coaching them. And they're just expecting, you know, the, you know, the uh, staff to give 110% by divine immaculation, right? And it's just unfortunately not the reality of the situation, right?
0: Yes. So how would you describe the culture in your company now?
1: I would think at park insurance, our culture is you know, I do quarterly employment engagement surveys. And quite often I ask on the survey, you know, just using one or two words to describe what the culture feels like at Park Insurance. And quite often it's family, right? Or caring or friends, right? And I really do believe that that is how our culture is at Park Insurance. It really is like a family, right? You yeah. know, the culture is at a company is something more, It's not tangible. It's not something that you can touch or hold or hand over to you. It's a feeling, right? It's That feeling Mm -hmm. you get when you walk into a room or when you walk into a building. Right. Um, So I think that that's how we feel at Park Insurance. Right.
0: Yes. And you have started a culture boot camp workshop. Tell me more about this.
1: Yeah, so I mean, the silver linings of the pandemic was that a lot of us had a, a lot of extra time. Right? And so it was a passion project of mine that I had been mauling around for so long. And, you know, networking within my community and within my industry, I would have so many people say, wow, you know, chief culture officer, that's such a cool role. You know, what do you do? And I'd explain to them sort of a little bit what my role looked like. And they said, well, how do you do that? Right? I want to have a better culture in my business. How do I do that? Well, I would love to be able to, you know, impart all of my wisdom onto you within five minutes, but unfortunately I can't. Uh, and so I created a six week, uh, two hours a week just workshop for small business owners, entrepreneurs, people leaders, HR managers, anyone maybe who can't have the resources to have someone like me but has some time that they could invest and they care about their people and they want to create a more engaging and empowering and positive workplace. And so we cover it's cheesy but we cover what the six ingredients are to the secret sauce of building an amazing workplace culture.
0: Okay, hey, what are the six?
1: The six ingredients. So the six ingredients are employee engagement surveys, because you don't know what to fix unless you ask your staff, Mm -hmm. uh, communication, recognition, development, uh, human resources, best practices, and all the fun stuff that you can do.
0: Oh, I like that. All the fun stuff that you can do. There's no limit to that, I hope.
1: There's no limit to that. (laughs) But I have the fun stuff being the last ingredient on purpose because far too often a lot of employers and businesses think that they can just bring in a ping pong table or happy hour beer Fridays or, you know, hand out some gift cards and do fun things and expect that that is going to Improve or make better any any less than stellar, you know, workplace culture. You know, quite often, unfortunately, a lot of cultures that are toxic they just throw money at their staff and fun things at their staff, but they have no foundation built upon having a positive um, culture. And so, while that might be a quick band aid fix to have someone, you know, have a little bit of you know a bit of a dopamine kick and be happy. It's not a long-term solution. And so I don't even talk to the staff about, uh, not the staff, the attendees of my boot camp about all the fun stuff that you can do yeah. uh, until you've built this foundation of building a really great platform for your employees to show up being, and have the ability to be the best versions of themselves. right? And then you can have all the fun stuff. And you're right. There is an unlimited, <laughs> unlimited amount of fun stuff. That <laughs> yes. You can
0: I'm curious about the employee surveys. Will not will that not be taken against the employee in case they say something about the management or about the company that they would like to be changed? What do you tell the workshop uh, participants in this yeah. case?
1: Yeah, I mean, you have to make the survey completely anonymous, right? And so the employees feel like they have a psychologically safe space in order for them to provide their feedback right and maybe it might take a couple cycles of you doing the survey in order for them to see that that is a psychologically safe platform for them to provide anonymous feedback mm-hmm. and that there isn't going to be any backlash from it uh, but once you g- sort of continue to do those surveys on a regular basis There's not, because you're gathering anonymous information and then what you're doing is you're taking that data and you're making changes within your business. And then, so that starts to build even more trust and psychological safety, because they say, oh, wow, you know, Natasha asked me what I didn't like about working here at Park Insurance. And I said that, you know, this pen was garbage. And so she got me new pens. And so I trust her, right? And so next time she asks me what I can, what she can do to make my workplace better, I'm going to definitely be even more honest and transparent with her, right? Um, So I think it's just, again, you know, going, starting to build that foundation of, that trust uh, and that psychological safety so they do have an area to tell you what they want to need and then you have to act on it you know Mm -hmm. and that's always my caveat with the workshop right and I tell everyone you know if you're not willing to dive into it the good the bad and the ugly just don't even bother asking them (laughs) don't ask people don't ask people what you can change to make better and then do nothing about it just don't Mm -hmm. even bother asking them then
0: that's a great advice. If you get a survey, you have to act on their responses. That's wonderful. Absolutely. Yeah. How about communication, Natasha? How important is it? And what kind of communication should we cultivate in a company?
1: Mean- Yeah, honest, open, transparent conversation. So I have two rules about communication. One is that clear is kind and unclear is unkind. And then my second one is that if you think you're over communicating, you're probably communicating just enough. Uh, People need to be told something seven times before they even hear it for the first time. So you know, you really need to double down on that communication. I think that quite often you know a lot of upset happens in workplace because there are changes that are happening there's things that are coming down the pipelines you know and as leaders and executives in the business you think oh I'm just going to throw in this new technology and you know they're going to like it and it'll be fine but then you show up to work on Monday and you got this new technology and this new software you need to deal with and you're all flustered by it and you didn't know about it so you feel slighted about it right you know so just making sure if you know that if you're communicating to the staff on a constant basis about transparently about what's happening where you were where you are and where you're going in the business then that brings down that level of like anxiety about change like we don't like change right like as you know humans, we just don't like it, right? So you go into that fight or flight mode, right? So I think with communication, just always making sure that you're communicating honestly and transparently, and that's going to give you a huge win, right? But making sure you're strategic about it, right? And that's something we talk about in the workshop, not just saying, hey, I'm going to double down on my communication, that doesn't mean sending 65 emails to your staff <laughs> on a daily basis, right? It means being thoughtful and strategic about it, right? And having, you know, an internal document that's planned out about who, what, where, when, why for, you know, your communications.
0: That is so true because- Employees should understand what's going on and should be made aware of where the direction should be of the company because it is actually the fear of the unknown that course, unsettles a person, right?
1: Yes, very yeah. much so, right? Yeah. yeah.
0: How about you mentioned also recognition of the employees. Yeah. Little or big recognitions are important. And how do you do it?
1: Yeah, I mean, all forms of recognition are so important, right? I mean, I think that, you know, when we feel appreciated, we always do more than what is expected of us, right? And so recognition can come in the forms of anything that's either formal or organic and spontaneous. And it can be as little as a thank you for doing a great job on a post-it note left on their desk as much too as an annual award for you know customer service excellence right um I think it's really important to make sure that you know managers supervisors leaders are recognizing their staff on a frequent basis Mm -hmm. um you know, there's a lot of stats out there. Most people go 50, five, zero days without without being recognized by their manager, right? And that's a long time. Um, and, and statistically, what we need in order to perform our best is recognition every seven days. And so that's a lot, right? So, you know, and a large part of what I do in my role is mentoring and coaching our managers and leaders in making sure that they are giving recognition And that we do have platforms to make sure that they're doing recognition. But the other part of recognition that's really important is peer to peer recognition programs. And those can actually be a lot more valuable than recognition from a manager. And that's because you know, as an employee, you on a even subconscious level, kind of expect that recognition from your manager, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you kind of expect them when you do a great job to tell you that you did a great job. But what you don't expect is to have your colleague who's sitting three seats down from you come up to you at the end of the day and say, hey, you know what, John, I heard you on the phone with that customer and he was really elevated and you brought him down to earth and you did a great job with saving that client and and making him happy at the end of the conversation. Like, wow. Right. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, developing those peer to peer recognition programs where the staff can recognize each other. And I love, 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 When you can take your values and create a peer-to-peer recognition program that rewards employees for living your values out loud.
0: Oh, I appreciate that. I truly would like to see that in a corporation, even small or big, because like being appreciated and recognized by your peer is a lot. It inspires you more to do better. And I'm an advocate of that as well. You've mentioned values, uh, Natasha. What are the values that you prioritize and you think are really important for a company to Mm. encourage their employees to
1: have? Oh, I mean, values can be, oh, I mean, anything and everything. I've seen values from, you know, being one word to being, you know, three sentences long, right? I think what it is, is being able to go through, you know, some sort of constructive exercise in your leadership team to determine, you know, you know what your values and morals are as a company right you know at park insurance we've been through this exercise a, a few times and our our values have stayed the same for many years and they're uh passion happiness innovation and teamwork right uh and so it's just four simple values that we really want to try to make sure that we're constantly living by right we're passionate about taking care of our our Um, clients and protecting them from unforeseen financial hardship in the event that they have, you know, an insurance claim. So, you know, properly protecting them. We are happy because we feel that you know every day is a joy and every day is a gift right and mm-hmm. we all deserve to come to work and and be happy and and spread that happiness and joy to each other uh and innovation i mean that we are at a point in our lives where you know ideas and innovation just come flying at us all the time and 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 being creative um you know is risk taking and we want to challenge our staff to go out on a limb and share their ideas with us we don't profess to know all the answers all the time about how to provide the best products and service for our clients yeah they know that and so we want their ideas and their innovation um and teamwork because you know we're stronger together than we are apart right um so I think it's really just identifying as a company what your values are and then defining those and then constantly showing your employees what that looks like by the leadership and executive team, living them out loud, um, and then also showing them how they can be rewarded for it, and recognizing other staff so they can see, oh, this, you know, that this person did this, right? this was living this value, and because they did that, this is they're going to get X, Y, Z, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and just making sure that you're matching the reward to the recognition, and and the recognition to the person, because not everyone likes to be recognized or rewarded in the same way, which is important too.
0: Yeah, sometimes a simple uh thank you or
1: a simple word of encouragement is enough. Yeah, absolutely, right? It is enough, right? But sometimes it's so large, it needs to be more than that, right? Yes. Uh, and then there's some people who are, you know, extroverted like me and don't mind being on podcasts and accepting <laughs> awards and waving and shaking hands and kissing babies but then there's also <laughs> lots of people who don't like that and just would like to have their manager behind a closed door you know profess to them how appreciative they are of them give them a gift and then walk away right so oh, yeah. um so you need to make sure that you're constantly measuring what that is that your your staff want
0: yeah you you're truly a visionary in terms of cultivating culture and a business leader but all business leaders had challenges and yeah yeah, failures in the past can you share a significant story or a challenge where you have tried to overcome and you rose above it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think like that initial story I was telling you when I owned that restaurant, I mean, I didn't succeed. I ended up having to close that restaurant and that was really challenging for me. And I took that as a personal failure for a really long time. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I really, um, I didn't want to take a chance again. I didn't want to be in a leadership, but, you know, it really, it knocked the wind out of me for quite some time, to be honest, right? Yeah. Um, But what happened over time was I started to see that what I had done there was all a learning experience for me and not only that, but it became a stepping stones for so many other young individuals that if I hadn't been there in that place and time and given them those opportunities, who knows where they would have been. Yes. And, you know, I had someone who worked for me from day one. He worked with me until the very last day. He was wow. the last person who walked out the door with me when I closed and locked the doors for the last time. And he's moved on to own a very successful moving company and he's called me many times to ask me questions and give him coaching uh he's taken the workshop and when we talk you know i still communicate with him it's been over 10 years since i closed that restaurant and you know he'll say to me you know when you were talking to me there'd be so many times he'd be talking to me at the restaurant and he goes I'd have no idea what you were talking about. He goes, but then I go and I sit in this meeting with these people or that people. And he goes, and they start saying things that you were saying. I'm like, Oh, I get that. And he goes, and I have something to bring to the table and share for that. Right. Um, you know, and I, and I have lots of heartwarming stories that I could tell you that are just like that, where, you know, Uh, helping a young man who you know started off as a delivery driver with me and then uh, and helping him move through getting his Red Seal chef certificate right and and now working in very successful restaurants so Um, you know, so I think that that was, you know, I I had to, you know, I had to fail in order then to let them go to move on, to do bigger and better things. Right. But, you know, my work there was to learn about how to build an amazing workplace culture, culture, how to cultivate that, how to retain it, how to build upon it, uh, and just, and have those really great connections with so many young, amazing young individuals.
0: Yeah. What do you think would, uh be the result if a company cultivates a positive culture
1: Oh, I mean, so many things. So I mean, if you cultivate a positive culture, they're going to have great buy into you. So they're going to show up and say, hey, you know what, Natasha cares about me, she really goes out of her way to take care of us. So you know what, when I'm in these four walls, I really want to make sure that I go above and beyond. And so a lot of the times the and you can, I can show you tons of stats on this stuff. But um, you can have an increase in revenue an increase in productivity an increase in profitability i mean i don't know one ceo that doesn't want to have more profits right yeah. uh you can see higher sales metrics right so they're selling either more or they're selling to more people or a combination of both and then what you can also see is a lot Uh, things go down. So lower absenteeism, right? Uh, We all know that it's challenging when we have employees who are sick in the workplace, right? Uh, But happy people are healthier people. Uh, And so there's lower absenteeism, lower turnover. I don't know a single industry right now that's not struggling with hiring talent and retaining them Mm uh and so that you know so higher so lower uh turnover within your business and lower accidents lower defects lower uh theft right so there's a ton of stats online about what a positive you know workplace culture what amazing business outcomes it can have for you and your bottom line
0: Yeah, yeah, right. Amazing results for a company that has a positive culture. Natasha, you have mentioned that we are sometimes afraid of change, but how does a company, uh, shall I say, face changes, especially in this world where, you know, change is inevitable?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it goes along with having, you know, having hard conversations, right? And like I said, being clear as kind and unclear as unkind, right? You know, and I think a lot about, um, you know, I get asked uh, for recommendations lots on how do we bring people back to the office, right? And so there's another big change, right? This inevitable, right? Or this fear, this unknown, right? And it's really about talking to people. It's really that communication aspect of it, right? Is You know, what's worrying you? What are you hesitant about? What are you scared about? What, you know, what can we do to make this a more positive experience for you, right? You know, if you're talking about bringing people back to the office or implementing any change within your business that people are hesitant about, it's finding out from them why they're feeling the way that they feel, communicating to them why you want to make these changes and why it's important to you, and then getting feedback on that. And quite often, if you just have these conversations of like, hey, I'm here, and you're here, how can we meet in the middle? Usually this is where the changes that you want to have happen anyways, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but far too often, that's not the way it is. It's this like, I'm the boss and I'm telling you we're making these changes and you better like it, right? And then and then people are like, inevitably be like, no, I'm not going to like it because you told me I have to like it, right? So, mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you have a conversation with them about, you know, why they're worried about the, what they're worried about and then, you know, and then accommodate those worries right or you know talk to them about it and fix them yeah. uh, then quite often you can have some really great results from that change management
0: yeah that's amazing Natasha for sure a lot of people are looking at you today being the business person of the year um how does your company extend its positive culture to the local community
1: Ah. Uh, I think obviously I mean they've allowed me to have this platform to go ahead and do the um uh the the workplace uh the culture boot camp right uh and that's allowed me to you know go out into the community and to talk to small businesses and help coach them and mentor them and how to be you know better places we've hosted, you know after hours mixers at our offices before which uh, are attended by local businesses uh, for the Burnaby Board of Trade and the Burnaby Heights Merchant Association and those are always opportunities for me to be able to talk to people about workplace cultures and they just like I said they allow me to come on podcasts like this and talk to amazing wonderful human beings like yourself right that want to spread the word about you know building amazing workplace cultures and uh, I've been asked by the Insurance Institute of BC to be their keynote speaker for their symposium in April about culture and so it's just really honestly they've supported me and in our community and allowing me to just be out there and do what I do I was born with the gift of the gab uh, and I can talk about culture all day long and I really just honestly truly feel that Everyone deserves to show up to work and enjoy themselves, whether you're an employer or an employee. And uh, and it's just made it my mission to to try to impart my wisdom and what I've learned onto as many people, whoever will listen to me.
0: (laughs) Oh, I'm sure a lot of people will listen to you and would love to continue listening to you, Natasha. But on a personal note, what motivates and drives you every day?
1: What motivates me every day I think the joy that I see in my employees eyes when I do you know a lot of the fun stuff we were talking about you know when I see the results from our our employment engagement surveys and I can see you know I made changes last quarter and I can see that they've had a positive outcome right uh you know when I talk to our staff and they say you know I love working here. Right. And, you know, this has given me the platform to do X, Y, Z, you know, or, you know, We had a young woman who had during the pandemic moved here from Ireland and had never worked in insurance and just started off to basically in admin. And now she's a full fledged broker selling house insurance and she's just slaying it right now. And, you know, so opportunities like that, you know, that's really what motivates me to continue doing the work that I do uh, and then we just get to have a lot of fun. So that super motivates me. We do lots of fun things at Park Insurance, like Christmas in July and Recess at work day. And, you know, at the end of the year, I always do a recap and ask everyone what their most memorable moments of the year were. And I put together a yearbook that I published for everyone. And just, you know, reading through all the amazing memorable stuff that we do that creates opportunities for us to, you know, connect and enjoy ourselves and each other in life uh, is just definitely another, another thing that motivates me and keeps me going
0: it's wonderful if there's one or two advice that you could give to aspiring entrepreneurs or business leaders what would that be
1: one piece of advice uh, i think is just to care about your people on a professional and personal level right uh and i think sometimes that's hard i think a lot of entrepreneurs sometimes struggle with that personal piece they're like what do you mean you want me to go to their house and make them dinner and it's no <laughs> that's not what I mean right uh and just being able to think a little bit outside of the box about what that means because our personal and professional lives are so intertwined right if we're not if we're not doing well in our personal lives it's hard for us to show up to be the best versions of ourselves in our professional life and vice versa if we're struggling professionally it's hard for us to show up to be the best versions of ourselves on a personal level. And so I really challenge a lot of entrepreneurs to think about how you can provide that platform to show up to be the best version of themselves and take care of them on a professional and personal level. Oh, that's great.
0: Yeah, we would all want to be the best versions of ourselves. Of course. Yes, but for business leaders, if they would want to avail of that culture workshop or boot camp workshop, How and where could they contact you?
1: Yes, of course. So always follow me on LinkedIn. I post a lot of the really fun and exciting events that we do on there. Um, And as you know, things that cost no money to things that do cost money. I got lots of really crazy ideas that I always run wild with. And so I think that those are always good for entrepreneurs to follow. I've heard from lots of people within my community and industry that, oh, I saw this and we did it at our office too. And it was a big hit. Love that. That makes me super happy. Uh, And then you can also find me on my website, uh, culturequeennatasha.ca. And I have a blog there talking about, you know, some strategies that you can implement within your business to build an amazing workplace culture. And you can find all the information about my upcoming workshops there.
0: Wow. That's great. Thank you so much for your time, Natasha. And I truly appreciate what you have shared with me here on this podcast. If you like this episode, please don't forget to hit that like and subscribe button. And if you feel generous, please share this with your network or with your friends. Once again, Natasha, thank you so much for
1: your time and for sharing your knowledge and insight. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure.
0: It is your decision to build a positive culture in your company. So take that. Advantage. I'm your host, Chari Hinari Elon. Till next time, here on Life Expressions. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on LinkedIn at Chari Hinari Elon. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.